Hey reader, our adventure continues in chapter 24, The Accident. As Roz wandered through the springtime, she saw all the different ways that animals entered the world. She saw birds guarding their eggs like treasures until the chicks finally hatched. She saw deer give birth to fawns who were up and running in a matter of minutes. Many newborns were greeted by loving families. Some were on their own from their very first breath. And as you're about to find out, a few poor goslings would never even get a chance to hatch. Roz was climbing down one of the forest cliffs when the accident happened. The wind started blowing out of the north and suddenly clouds were rushing over the island. With the clouds came a spring shower, a downpour actually. And there was our robot clamping her hands onto a wet block of stone on the side of the cliff. The, the clock couldn't, sorry, the clock. <laughs> the block couldn't handle the extra weight. And as the heavy robot hung there, cracks suddenly shot through the stone and it started breaking apart. Down went the robot, plummeting into the treetops below. She crashed through the branch after she crashed through branch after branch before finally hooking an arm around one. Then she dangled there, gently swinging as rocks roared past her on their way to the forest floor. When the dust settled, Roz shimmied down the tree trunk. The ground was littered with broken rocks and splintered wood and pulverized shrubs. And within all that rubble was a goose nest that had been torn to shreds. Two dead geese and four smashed eggs lay among the carnage. The robot stared at them with her softly glowing eyes and something clicked deep inside her computer brain. Ross realized she had caused the deaths of an entire family of geese. Poor geese and poor Roz. Chapter 25, The Egg. As Roz stood in the rain, staring down at those poor, lifeless geese, her sensitive ears detected a faint peeping sound coming from somewhere nearby. She followed the peeps over to a clump of wet leaves on the ground, and when she peeled back the leaves, she discovered a single perfect goose egg sunk in the mud. Mama! peeped a tiny muffled voice from within the egg. The robot gently cradled the fragile thing in her hand. Without a family, the unhatched gosling inside would surely die. Roz knew that some animals had to die for others to live. That was how the wilderness worked. But would she allow her accident to cause the death of yet another gosling? After a moment, moment the robot started to walk. Carefully holding the egg, she moved through the forest and away from that sad scene. But she didn't get far before Fink burst out of the bushes. What happened? The fox panted. The whole forest was shaking. There was an accident, said the robot. I was climbing those cliffs when the rocks started to fall. You should be more careful, said Fink as he checked out the robot's new scrapes and dents. I'll need your help if I ever have another have more porcupine trouble. I feel I will be more careful. 
What do you have there? said Fink, looking up at Ross's hand. A goose egg. Oh, I love eggs. Can I eat it? No. Please? No. What do you want? said the fox scowled. I thought you didn't eat food. You may not have this egg, Fink, the fox sighed. She scrap he scratched his chin, and then he started sniffling, sniffing the breeze. His nose had found the scent of the dead geese. You can keep your egg, he said as he trotted toward the cliffs. I smell something better. The robot walked on through the misty forest for a long time until she was standing beneath a sprawling oak tree. Ross placed the egg on a pad of moss. Then she snatched grass and twigs from the ground and delicately wove them together to make a little nest. She placed the egg inside the nest, placed the nest on her flat shoulder and climbed up into the branches. That was so nice of Ross to protect that egg from Fink. I was a little disappointed in Fink that the only reason he cared about Ross was not because he was cared about Ross's safety for her own, for Ross's sake, but for his own sake, just because he might need help one day. Chapter 26, The Performer. Up in the sprawling oak, the goose egg was peeping and wobbling around its nest. Mama, mama, said the egg. I'm not your mother, said the robot. The egg continued peeping and wobbling until nightfall when the gosling inside settled down to sleep and the egg became quiet and still. The robot was about to settle into her own kind of sleep when she heard something in the underbrush below. Roz peered down from the branches and saw weeds rustling in the moonlight. A creature was crawling past, but the creature stayed low, hiding in the darkest shadows so that Roz couldn't see who it was. Roz wasn't the only one watching. A pair of furry ears rose up behind a log. The chips be <laughs> the ears belong sorry, to a very hungry badger. He lay in wait as the shadowy creature came closer and closer, and when the time was right, the badger pounced. You might expect a creature under attack to run for her life, but or to defend herself, or at the very least to scream. But when the badger pounced, the creature just this creature just rolled onto her back, stuck out her tongue, and died. Not only was she dead, she was rotten, and the badger's face twisted with disgust. Blech. What a stench! He potted the stinky corpse a few times and then gave up. No thanks, he grumbled to himself. I'd rather eat beetles. And the badger hurried off to find a less disgusting meal. Huh, I'm curious what that creature was that just died all of a sudden. Had that mysterious creature been frightened to death? And how could her body possibly rot so quickly? Roz was confused. And the robot became considerably more confused an hour later when the dead creature's ears began to flicker. Her nose began to twitch, and she rolled onto her feet and went on her way as if nothing had happened. The robot's voice called down from the tree. Are you alive or are you dead? The creature's voice hissed up from the shadows. Who's there? Why have you been watching me? What? You just did was unbelievable, said Roz. I could not look away. Unbelievable? Really? The creature's voice seemed to be softening. 
I thought perhaps I overdid it when I stuck out my tongue. I was certain you were dead. Oh, what a lovely thing to say. Were you dead? Well, of course not. Nobody can actually come back from the dead. It was just an act. I do not understand. It's simple. I knew that if I played dead and really laid it on thick, the old badger would be so disgusted that he'd run off. And that is exactly what happened. We opossums are natural performers, you know. Oh, so you are an opossum. Ross's computer brain quickly retrieved any information it had on opossums. You are a marsupial and are nocturnal and are known for making the appearance and smell of dead animals when threatened. It's true. Death scenes are my specialty, said the op- opossum, and I have a wide dramatic range. Believe me. I believe you. Have you done any acting, said the opossum? I have not, said Roz. Well, you should. You might enjoy it. You can start by imagining the character you'd like to be. How do they move and speak? What are their hopes and fears? How do others react to them? Only when you truly understand a character can you become that character. The two odd creatures sat there, one in a tree, the other in the weeds, and talked about acting. The opossum went on and on about her various acting methods and her triumphant performances, and our robot absorbed every word. But why do you pretend to be something you are not, said the robot? Because it's fun, said the opossum, and because it helps me survive, as you just saw. You never know, it might help you survive too. Soon the robot's computer brain was humming with activity. Performing could be a survival strategy. If the opossum could pretend to be dead, the robot could pretend to be alive. She could act less robotic and more natural, and she could pretend to be friendly. She might make some friends, and they might help her live longer and better. Yes, this was an excellent plan. Roz wasted no time and spoke her next words in the friendliest voice she could muster. Madame Marsupial, it would be a great honor and absolute privilege if you could would kindly inform me of your name. Ross's friendly demeanor needed more work, but it was a start. Yes, of course, said the opossum. My name is Pinktail, and you are? Leaves gently shook as Ross climbed down from the tree. It is a very lovely pleasure to make your acquaintance, my dear Pinktail. A moment later, the robot stepped into the moonlight. My name is Ross. Oh, my, the opossum gasped. You're the monster. I am not a monster. I am a robot, and I am harmless. Harmless? Really? We don't seem rather gentle. And I heard someone say that you don't eat any food at all, which makes no sense. But hopefully it means you won't eat me. I will not eat you, said the robot. I'm so glad to hear that, said the opossum. And a moment later, she too stepped into the moonlight. It's nice to meet you, Roz. A weak smile appeared on Pinktail's pointy face. Roz thought things were going really well, but she didn't know what to say next. Neither did Pinktail. So the two friendly creatures just stood there together and listened to the crickets for a while. Well, I should be on my way, said Pinktail at last. Have a nice evening, Roz. Have the nicest evening, Pinktail. I shall look forward to the pleasure of encountering you again in the future. Soon, I hope. Farewell. With that awkward goodbye, Pinktail slipped 
back into the weeds and Roz climbed back into the tree. All right, reader, that was the end of chapter 26.